0: to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we are broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, special guest today, Sheriff David Clark. Thanks for joining us, Sheriff. Uh, we've also got Lieutenant Bob Kroll, Corporal David D. Aggressor. So thank you, gentlemen. And uh, hey, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors as well. Um, let's see. We've got um, Galls AUFire.com, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Also free press for Brian Burns and a special shout out to Ray Dietrich. Uh, we are streaming to three Facebook pages for red voice media, and they've got 1 million followers that are watching our show right now. Thin blue liners. We support police and thin blue line show. So uh, thanks guys for the opportunity. We appreciate it. Uh, Sheriff, I'm very excited about having you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do the bio thing. Hopefully I won't mess this up too bad. And, and I'll tell you, I've learned some things about you uh, by, by, getting the bio information, but I was not aware that you retired as a captain with the Milwaukee police department uh, after 24 years of service. So, Um, So, wow. And and you're one of the few people I know that's worked for both the PD and the the sheriff's office. And then you went on uh, most recently to be a sheriff from Milwaukee County uh, for 15 years. And uh, you've got a book, uh, Cop Under Fire, Moving Beyond Hashtags of Race, Crime and Politics uh, for a Better America. Now, that's on Amazon. I actually downloaded the Kindle version last night. I've already started reading it. And uh, it, it, it's very interesting and, and a good read. Uh, you've started a new podcast, Straight Talk, with David Clark, America Sheriff. It's on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, et cetera. Uh, you've got a new show that's coming up, Host of Police um, in the Line of Fire, and that's on True Blue Streaming Network. And uh, I went to True Blue. I know that you can sign, you know, people can sign up, you know, in anticipation, sign up and to, uh, I guess, to start receiving that stream. When that becomes available, goes live. You've got a um, website, americasheriff.com, where you've got, you know, all your information, your videos, commentary, podcast. You've got some cool stuff in the shop, uh, donate newsletter, and also they can subscribe at watchtrueblue.com as well. So um, hopefully I didn't miss anything in there, but uh, I'll tell you, the book was fascinating. And, and I know that. Um, you you wrote you wrote it a little while ago, but your dad was a ranger, and very interesting how you grew up. And your dad, uh, he he was he was a man's man. He sounds like, and he took he took no crap from anybody, which is probably why um, you know you took tur- you're you turned out the way you did. You know, so I I, I got it. You got to love it. So
1: yeah, thanks for having me. Um, that's kind of interesting. You know, my mom always says, yeah, you're your father's son. Uh, so I blame all of the uh, the stuff that people don't like about me on him. Uh, but that's not that's not many things. He's he was my first hero, my first role model. Uh, had a tr- tremendous and a significant impact on my upbringing, which uh, you know a lot of young black men today unfortunately do not have, and that's why we see some of the abhorrent behavior that we do in these uh, uh, crime-ridden areas. You know, it's been a great career. Both, and I'm a home, I'm born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I'm a hometown boy and. You know, the the biggest honor I've had is to be able to wear the uniform of my community, both with the City of Milwaukee Police Department and then as an elected sheriff of Milwaukee County. So it is a, a, you know, vast uh, career, a lot of experiences. I don't try to impress people and, you know, I don't try to make it seem like I know everything, but I have a lot of experiences that a lot of people uh, haven't had. And I just try to share those experiences And they form many of my opinions that i have on some of the pressing issues facing our country today
0: well excellent and and i appreciate that now i know that there's um you've got a whole list of of you do a lot of guest speaking around the country and i know you're in high demand and i know you've got a lot of topics that are near and dear to your heart so I'm anxious to hear uh, what you might want to share with us. But then again, I wake up this morning and I read how, you know, Russia, you know, clipped one of our multi-million-dollar drones. And then we've got, you know, the U.K. and Germany scrambling just to do interception. I mean, just it's just a, a wild time uh, to be alive, you know, today. And uh, I, I, you know, I uh, I know you're a faith based man uh, like a lot of us are. And so I, I know that we know, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't surprise us. We know it's coming down the pike, but, uh, I'd love to, love to hear, uh, what you had, what you had to share with us. I know we've got about seven minutes and 15 seconds till our first commercial break, but, uh, um, you know, whatever you have that, whatever you have to share on, on any of those topics that I, I've been talking about prior to the show as well.
1: Yeah. You know, these are unsettling times and, and I don't think they're unprecedented in the history of this country, especially not in the history of the world, but, um, You know, it calls for strong leadership at times like this. The United States has been through this before, uh, even at the forming of this country before the Revolutionary War, uh, taking on the UK, the crown. It's got ahead of been an unsettling time for the the new upstart here, the 13th colony, taking on the strongest empire in the world at the time. Then you move through history, you know, you look at two world wars, you look at the Great Depression, you look at the Civil War, And then you get into the turbulent 60s. So that's why I said it's not unprecedented, but it's very unsettling. Uh, What's going on right now in Ukraine, uh, Russia is a mess. I don't have the answers for it. However, this cannot go on in this fashion. The United States is fighting a proxy war with the financing of this war. And they're basically doing it themselves, not the European countries. A few of them are kicking in, but... Uh, this isn't going to end well. I've called on on my social media. You know, it's time to stop. You know, the spigot of money going over to the uh, uh, Zelensky and to force this guy to the negotiation table along with Russia. And I'm not saying that's going to be able to work something out, but call for a ceasefire and then try the negotiation route. I've been versed on this sort of military stuff. I didn't spend time in the military. My father did. But I've been versed on this by some people who know uh, what they're talking about. Uh, For instance, General Mike Flynn, you know, he's one. And then there's a couple others uh, who are generals. And basically what they told me is wars break out when negotiations fail. But there were no negotiations going on with the United States State Department. They knew Russia was uh, amassing a military effort along the border, they kept saying, oh, Russia's going to attack any day now. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing about it? That was the time to get in there and get actively involved in negotiations before the invasion took place and it didn't happen. So now we're mired in this mess here. And and this thing can't go on for like 10 years, 15, 20 years, like Russia and Afghanistan or the United States in a 20-year war um, in Afghanistan. It can't go on like that, especially when you got one of the superpowers Say what you want about Putin. Not a fan of Putin, but you know what? I'm not a fan of Zelensky either. There's no good guys in this mess.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, like, and we've heard that before in law enforcement, haven't we? So, uh, so uh, very, very perceptive. And I like how you, you know, you're, you're, you're right. I get the sense that you know we know that we, you know, we surround ourselves with people that, you know, we can't know everything about everything, right? So we surround ourselves with people that, like you mentioned, you know, Mike Flynn. We surround ourselves with people that. That really know the game, know what they're talking about, uh, and it helps us make the right decisions and right recommendations. Uh, let me ask you this, Sheriff. There's a lot of people calling for uh, police reform around the country. I know that uh, Bob. When, when I think of that, I think about what Bob kroll has gone gone through in uh, in Minneapolis. But when people are calling for police reform, and police reform can mean a lot of different things. It can, you know, some people you know want to defund police. Um, and and when I think of police reform, I like to think about. Um, training because we can never get enough of it and 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 i'm a trainer at heart uh, but when when people come to you and they and they're saying hey we need police reform or there's systemic racism in law enforcement and a, a lot of things that really aren't supported by uh statistics or facts what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on that and what do you tell them
1: i resist that and that, that- that uh, effort and everybody else who appreciates the the way of life that we have here in the United States as it relates to law and order should resist it as well. This is a nefarious movement, police reform. The police do not need to be reformed. Every time we have an incident that gains national attention, the anti-cop movement, the cop haters, jump to the forefront and they start a, a false narrative about this wonderful profession And they're trying to weaken it. They're not trying to reform it. They're trying to weaken the institution of policing. You have people that don't know what they're talking about, that have never done this a day in their life. The politicians don't know what to do. They know better, but they don't know what to do. Some of them are on board with this nonsense. None of it's going to make a difference because they're working on the wrong thing, for heaven's sakes. What we need is we need ghetto reform. We need political reform. We need to stop this nonsense, this stuff like, no bail, the stuff like uh, calling the, you know, our correction system, the new Jim Crow, and these other attacks on police. And we need to start demanding at the political class, start enacting policies that will reverse the things, the, what I call the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the orthodoxies, if you will, the pathologies, that's a better word, in our cities that lead to high poverty, Poor schools, dysfunctional families. That's the petri dish that necessitates a um, a reason for more policing. So we're working on the wrong thing. We need to fix the politicians, is what we need to do. But until we do that, you know, that's not the the, the fancy thing right now. Everybody's jumping on the police, but nothing will change. This isn't our first retent- attempt at reforming police anyway. Obama did it with his. 21st century policing task force that he put together and that was supposed to be the blueprint They came up with a document i read it i put it in a shredder i said this stuff's not going to work it's going to get law enforcement officers killed it's going to get citizens unnecessarily hurt and killed and you know here we are again after that fix here we are again calling for more reform now no we don't need police reform we need
2: ghetto reform Chip, can I jump in? I, just on that same note to the sheriff. We've talked on the show a number of times about um, hiring and, re- and retention, the loss of, of of police officers, the mass exoduses, all the different things that you hear about agencies that are now uh, becoming dangerously understaffed. How do you address that issue in, in today's climate? What you just talked about, you know, police reform and and the attacks on the policing profession. How do you address and how do you approach that? Re- that hiring and retention it, retention issue that so many departments are experiencing. And I guess we're about to have a, a commercial break, but get to that when you get back.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Commercial break real quick, gentlemen, but we will be right back. Certainly by now you're aware of the new goals at gaulscom Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and, and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as a famous person named Captain Brett Barlett once said, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. Uh, so if you haven't been to the new Gauls lately, check out Gauls at Gulls.com slash Leo. Brett, do you know what's going, going on at Gauls this week?
3: Yeah, there's a there's a new line. There's a new, uh, matter of fact, it's called Lion. That, that's the uh, name of the new product. It's all for the hose dragger firefighters in our community. Uh, <laughs> they have, and I, and I don't know what hose draggers all need, but it looks to me through the selection, they've got everything that they need. So go to Gall's if you know somebody's a firefighter or if you are a firefighter. they got all kinds of
0: stuff. Hey, on that note, they have Gall's gift cards. Christmas is right around the corner. So family, friends, and loved ones of, uh, of hose draggers or law enforcement, get that gift card. Gall's.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication copays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So, again, MyMedicare.Live. Okay, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hawk Radio Network studios. Uh, Thank you, uh, Corporal David. Good question. Sheriff Clark, love to hear your answer.
1: Sure, let's unpack that because there's a lot of moving parts. First of all, I want to let people know that there's no magic pill for this. What are we going to do about the shortage of police officers, the uh, heading for the exits, retiring early? When I say early, I mean, you know, you get to 25 years, maybe in the past, People would stick around a few more years because the job was enjoyable. What they were doing was was um, they knew it was a great service and they enjoyed it. It's not fun anymore. When I was on the street, policing was fun. It was always been dangerous, but it was fun. One of the things that we had was political support, and we always had the resources we needed. They're taking resources away now. Um, cops aren't going to risk their pensions because they live in an area where you have a politically active prosecutor, a state's attorney or a district attorney, that's gonna charge them for some misstep where they don't have the evidence to do it, but it could destroy your life. It could destroy your career. I started beating this drone back in 2014 after the uh, riots in Ferguson, Missouri, when Darren Wilson had to save his life um, when he was trying to be disarmed by Mike Brown. And I said in December, that happened like I think in August or September. And I said in December, this this war on cops, this uh, beating up on police, is going to have long-term effects. And I talked about the inability to be able to recruit and retain people. I said that in 2014, it was 10 years ago, because I saw this coming. Not because I'm smarter than anybody else, but you know what, when you're in a leadership position, which I was as the elected sheriff, one of the best characteristics you can have is the ability to anticipate, to see around corners, see what's up ahead. And I saw this, I said, this is gonna hurt. Now they're lowering standards agencies are lowering standards because they can't hire anybody and that's another slippery slope. So like I said, I don't have the answer for it, but law enforcement leadership needs to step up. If nothing else, if you go out take to the street every day as a frontline officer, you have to know, you have to have the confidence that your law enforcement chief or sheriff is going to have your back in this tumultuous time. If something goes horribly wrong through no fault of your own, and we're not seeing it, we're seeing some, Uh, ineffective leadership at the executive level in policing. We're seeing some um, non-existence of leadership. For example, in Milwaukee, the police chief just issued a directive. They're not going to arrest people on misdemeanor warrants. In other words, they do a traffic stop or they do a field interview uh, stop. The guy's got a misdemeanor warrant they're just giving him a piece of paper to show up in court. That's hurting police efforts right now, and that's buying into this nonsense. So... Like I said, I don't have the answer, but somebody's got to do this job. And you want good people. You don't just want warm bodies. When I applied for a police officer position, and I understand it was four decades ago, it was very competitive. It was hard, even to get into your large urban agencies, it was very hard to to make the grade, so to speak. Now, they're just taking warm bodies. That's going to further, um, you know, compound this situation that we're faced with today.
3: Sheriff, sure, you said you didn't have the answer, yeah, you, but I you, think you, you just provided head a head lot. Up. I think you just provided a lot of the answers right there, and, and a lot that us in the law enforcement community have seen. And I and I remember you saying that back in, in you know 2014, 2015, being very outspoken. And you nailed a lot of the facets that are impacting this right now, for
1: sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, I, I saw it coming. Uh, I tried to warn the political class. Okay. But, you know, they, some of them jumped on board. You saw some of these people out there marching with Black Lives Matter. I saw several chiefs. I saw the pictures, so I know this happened, who were standing out there with Black Lives Matter, holding signs saying Black Lives ha- hanging out with the people who hate the cops, for heaven's sakes. That's not leadership. That's, that, that's an easy thing to do what they did. They should have done the hard thing, and they should have stuck up for their cops. They should have tried to beat back back this false narrative. And so you had people getting on board. I understand the political class, you know, they're cheap poly, two-bit politicians, um, were just trying to save themselves and not get caught up in the the uh, flash fire that was going on by saying they support the police. But that's one thing we always had. Coming up through through all these, these uh, decades that I was in, we always had the support of the political class. We knew the haters were out there. We knew the cop haters were out there. We knew the bad guys were out there. we had the support of the political class and we lost it and that compounded this already bad situation you know sheriff you touched on you know we've been covering a lot of stories
0: lately on the show and we we cover well we cover a lot of stories we cover a lot of use of forces but a lot of situations that we've been covering because we feel like what you just said they have been lowering the hiring standards to get just bodies to fill in these kinds of 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 jobs and you know like i know that the highest estimates we've got what maybe a, a million uh, active law enforcement I think typically it was really around 750,000 but you know in most people's opinion including mine it takes a, it takes a special person to do this kind of a job doesn't mean that we're better than anybody else but there's a certain kind of you know mindset that you really need to do law enforcement uh, and, and and hopefully someone that doesn't need to get patted on the back all the time I know back when you know, when we started our law enforcement careers you know you didn't want people necessarily to pat you on the back but now We've really seen a lot of changes with the the new breed of officers that are being recruited, uh, arguably getting into the job for the wrong reasons. And uh, I'm just wondering if you're seeing the same outlook, like things that happen like in Tennessee and other places where um, even, uh, I mean, even uh, where, where Bob Kroll was at in Minneapolis. I mean, uh, with Mohammed Noor, I know he was a Somali um, immigrant um, or, or, you know, that, that, that got a job with the police department there. But it just just seen a lot of dire things happen when they lower standards to get comps on.
1: Yeah, look, this is not a perfect world and and most people get that. So when a law enforcement officer goes out on the street, you know, like I said earlier, sometimes bad things happen through no fault of their own. Uh, sometimes it is the fault of the police, but that's rare. And we need to keep that uh, in mind. So I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it really it really saddens me after watching, you know, for nearly 40 years, you know, this profession that keeps, you know, the the um, keeps society together, so to speak, you know, but for the police, these society, these neighborhoods, these communities would disintegrate into pure and utter chaos. And, you know, you mentioned, cops don't look for a pat on the back. They just wanna know in the end, they just wanna know that if something goes horribly wrong, if they were to lose their life, let's say, for for example, that their families will be taken care of. That's all they ask for, and right now, that's not the case.
0: All right, thank you, Sheriff. Hey, guys, time for another commercial break, but we will be right back. You know, guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong, say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to plus they give the training for free thanks to blue gold.com's free weekly webinars now next week is anonymous tips sign up at blue gold.com today join thousands of your peers in blue because frankly you and your agency cannot afford not to blue gold.com so hey AuFire.com stands for accuracy under fire it's at AUFire.com, and AUFire it's the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and LEOs can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFire's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you ever wondered how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFire.com. So go there, check out the cool videos, AUFire.com. Dot com. Well, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Network Studios. Uh, we have Sheriff David Clark with us today. Um, Sheriff, I uh, I know that you were. I have a, a question for you. When again, I know we're in the second half of the show. We're going to cover uh, a couple news stories and some uh, ones that maybe have a video component. But uh, go ahead. And I'll let you if you had any more to add on that last topic. And I have a, I have a, a a new question for you if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Well, here's the thing. Maybe I can get a plug in here for my own platform, my Straight Talk Podcast. It uh, just went up last this past Monday, and, you know, you said you got a million viewers or listeners. You know, lend me some of those. Go to there; it's on every major uh, podcast platform you can find at Rumble. I think you mentioned it, Spotify, uh, iTunes. And please subscribe to the podcast. And the reason I encourage you to do that, because we can get a deeper dive into some of the things that we're talking about today. I just, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be pigeonholed as I'm engaged in this political environment that I only talk about, you know, crime and police, although that's important, I wanted to expand my repertoire. And I, you know, that's why the subtitle for my book. And if you read my book, yes, it was printed a couple of years ago, but if you read it, you thought it would be, just came out last week, all this stuff is very timely. Um, And I get to do a, a, to drill down into this stuff, to get a little deeper into it in terms of explaining why I think the way I do uh, my positions on things and that's why that establishing that platform was important to me so that I can participate with my own platform in in our political discourse.
0: You know, I, I thought I'm glad you touched on that. And I, and I was going to uh, give you an opportunity later on. But let's 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 do it now. You know, your book, I, I was curious. There was a reason why you, the cowboy had and the boots and the connection with your with your uncle, I believe it was correct.
1: Yeah, my uncle was uh, uh, played tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And- so every time that we, you know, the family went down to, to Texas to to see a game, you know, that's all you see all over Texas is cowboy hats, cowboy boots, and jeans. And, you know, as you're a young kid like that, it uh, leaves an impression on you. The reason for it, you know, you know, it's a symbol of being the sheriff today, and especially in, in you know, below the Mason-Dixon line. But uh, I'm a horseman. I own my own horse. So I spend a lot of time around horses. I ride horses. And so this... Uh, you know, branding, so to speak, is kind of ap- apropos because um, I'm a horseman.
0: Now, now, Sheriff, let me ask you, I know that we've, you know, the, the straight talk with David Clark, America Sheriff, you know, and that's on all the major platforms for podcasts. And uh, it, does that have a, a video component to it as well, or is it, is it strictly audio?
1: It's audio now. That's the next phase. We're trying to roll this out slowly. So we do it right. The big thing right now is to get subscribers I'll be doing interviews with people, you know, much like you're doing today. And uh, so there'll be a video component as well, but that comes next. I want to give people some, uh, you know, audio on some of these hot topics first, and then we'll get into, uh, you know, I hope to be where where you are today, you know, hosting a show with uh, my podcast with uh, special guests.
0: Well, excellent. You know, because I was going to say a lot of these, like Spotify, is is now they've got a video component as well. So, uh, which which is which is kind of cool. So, a lot of these uh, podcasts aren't necessarily you know just audio you know anymore. Now, this uh, other thing that you're involved with the you're you're hosting, I guess, Police in the Line of Fire on True Blue Streaming Network. I think that that's something that's 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 coming up. I, I noticed when I went there, I could register um, to so that when it when it comes out that I can uh, you know subscribe to it. Is that, is that something that's, um, do you have any more information on that? or?
1: Uh, well, that's something new for me. I mean, I, I'm on TV a lot. With I'm a contributor at Newsmax TV. I've been on, five, I've been on all the uh, cable news networks at one time or another. But it's been on the other end uh, being interviewed about something. This is more, I'll be hosting the show. It's law enforcement focused. There's no doubt about that. But uh, it's a new venture for me. Again, I'm trying to expand this and improve on this brand of America Sheriff and try to get on as many platforms as i can so let me ask you if i'm look we're
0: we're on at least 31 stations around the country we're nationally syndicated we're on you know every social media outlet right now we're streaming the eight locations we're on roku tv amazon fire tv I mean, there's a lot of people that are that are that are listening or or, or watching this show so if there was going to be a, a one-stop shop to track you to find more information about you to support you would it be americasheriff.com or is there another another website that they should go to
1: the website is the best place to go one stop shopping as you indicate americasheriff.com uh, all this stuff that we're talking okay. about in terms of platforms and and whatnot uh, will appear on that uh web page
0: all right excellent so we what we'll do is we'll um start putting that link um under all of our videos all the stuff that we produce so people. Um, they don't just have to watch it on today's show. We'll be doing that uh, this from today's show and forward as well to help you out and get that exposure. So, um, and, and appreciate you being on the show. Now I, I know that we're going to be um, um, talking about some other things, but my, the, the one more question I had for you, just to see how you feel when people come up and they say, Hey, we need to do this. We need uh, not, not to, not to harp on, you know, kind of like reinventing police. Uh, but we do on the show, we, we cover the good and the bad with law enforcement. So we have a lot of, uh, of, things we talk about look there's not a lot of uh of, of bad cops i don't feel out there but occasionally when you've got you know 750 or a million cops out there you're going to have some bad apples and so my argument is that the system i believe for the most part works we identify if there's bad cops they get identified they get weeded out of the system and and hopefully if they're really bad they they're not able to get a, a certification again in law enforcement anywhere in that state or elsewhere so what are i'm just curious what your feelings are as far as the current system. Um, when people complain to you about about it, do you think the current system, for the most part, you know, for the most part, work? No, no, nothing's perfect, but do you think it works? Or are there any suggestions that you might have to go from there?
1: Sure, and you know, I can only really base it on what I faced as the sheriff of Milwaukee County in terms of this um, this topic here. And I know what I did. It's a chief executive's uh, responsibility to monitor their employee behavior to make sure that. The policies are being upheld when I became first became got elected sheriff, uh, we came up with a code of conduct. All right. And it was posted in every uh, precinct, every division that we had loud and clear in the lobby, public lobbies, because it was a symbol to the public. Here's what I expect from my officers in terms of behavior. All right. And it's important to communicate it and to communicate it every day internally. And that's why I did that. Now, you know, I've had to uh, discipline officers. I've had to uh, fire officers. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do. However, nobody's bigger than the agency. All right. And, and, and people in Milwaukee County anyway knew if there was a problem internally, Clark was going to take care of it because he has the credibility. He's demonstrated that before. He, we know what he stands for and what he wants his organization to exhibit. And so the public had a lot of confidence in me in that area. Most of the time, there's a pattern that develops. Officers don't just one day decide to go out and do something, you know, on a huge um, uh, scale, you know, something that they shouldn't get engaged in. But there's usually a pattern, and you have to pay attention to those patterns. You can't ignore them. And most of the time, most, not all, but it's like anything else in any other profession, when you go back and look at the history of, and you're dealing with somebody, you find out there was a pattern there of behavior that was tolerated. And, and when that happens at some point, you know, it's going to blow up on you. So agencies have to do a better job. There's employee tracking programs or software programs that will alert you to red flags. Somebody that might be teetering a little bit, um, maybe getting ready to, to fall off the rails. And you can, you, if you catch it early on, you can correct that and save that person's career. You look at the experience that goes out the door w- when you have to fire officers that you can't recapture. So that's the chief executive's job, though. So when I, uh, whenever I see some of this stuff that you know we look at, it, it makes me cringe. You know the first question I ask? Where was supervision? You know, I, I know. And Bob Kroll, I can see your face. I know what you're thinking because you were
0: the, the union president. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear people say that there's a potential for it being a training issue instead of just, you know, this just discipline and get him out the door and, and but uh but david did you want to did you want to comment too?
2: no nothing just just i saw one of our one of our people watching the show said you know um sheriff clark for president just to just to throw that out there sheriff <laughs> you, you got you got a several fans <laughs> you got you got a bunch of fans in our in our comment section talking so uh they're all they're i, I all think
3: what a nice, easy job it would have been as a federation president to work with a sheriff or another leader like Sheriff Clark. I mean, I think we're, you know, when you have common views like that, and hey, there's bad apples from time to time, and and like you said, it you can straighten out a person's career and save that career rather than flush all the investment that you had in them. Uh, but then there's, there's times, you know, the, the you know, once in a million egregious actions, they got to go. And uh, I've often been blamed for protecting everybody, and hey, that's not the case. But I, it would have been a, a I, it would have been challenging, but it would have been a joy to work uh, in the same agency under the sheriff. I think.
1: Well, maybe some days you'd think that, but then there would be days, other days when you didn't. And you look, know, that's the, the kind of relationship. The, the, the collective bargaining agents, the recognized collective bargaining agents, the FOPs, the police unions—they play a role in this thing. There's no doubt about it, and. Uh, there has to be ongoing dialogue with them. We're not always going to agree. There's oftentimes when I enacted a policy or did something that they didn't agree with, that's okay. But, you know, but you got to keep the conversation going. Otherwise, you know what? I just opened up another front to fight with. All right. Oh, thanks, Sheriff.
0: Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, let's take our last break. We'll be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture gunlearn.com they've taken the confusion out of learning they've actually made it easy gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company they offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe accurate and competent certified firearm specialist like our captain brett bartlett here now, they provide citations from federal law and atf release for every point taught to ensure accuracy and their training is approved by major forensic organizations by law enforcement agencies and also firearm manufacturers since 1996, they've everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm, knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. Dot com All right. And hey, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. And, you know, we were uh, I, I keep telling that we're going to get to a story and we are. But I, you know, uh, Bob Kroll had me think. Well, number one, uh, Bob Kroll. I know that someone was saying that they just uh, they just went and bought your uh, bought, bought one of your books and you wanted to thank them. So I read that in the private chat. So shout out from Bob uh, to do that. And also, guys, I expect you guys to heavily support. Ah, uh, Sheriff David Clark, as well americasheriff.com. dot we Just had someone ask for the website again, so I just posted it on there. And uh, and Sheriff Clark, you know that book. Um, Sean Hannity wrote the foreword to your book, and he recommended that you run for president as well, just like what Bob Kroll said. And, and and Sheriff, also from what I understand, I've heard that there was at least on one occasion you and Bob Kroll hung out. Maybe it was in Minneapolis. But we're we've been looking to get some inside scoop, something that we can hold over Bob Kroll's head. So if there's anything you can share with us. You know that that would enable us to do that I would I would personally really appreciate that
1: no one one thing you learn about me is. Uh, I know how to keep a secret and. Uh, oh, not, that so any, lucky, not that there's a lucky Bob there's anything that, that that he was engaged in that he should have been in but. Uh, you know what do they say um, loose lips sink ships so yeah. I don't want to do that to him. Oh you just thank got you sure out
0: there. Thank you. <laughs>
3: But you know what, it was funny, what he touched on before the break is, is I think for the most part, we've got along very well, but the battles we had would have been, you would have been able to sell tickets to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it would have been nice to have someone have your back too, Bob, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the views, and, and the thing is, is like, like the sheriff touched on, you're not going to agree with your labor leaders on everything, but... You can solve so many problems ahead of the game if you, if you sit down, the, the union leadership and the sheriff or the chief sit down and work these things out, and leave the politicians and the uh, activists outside, outside your room,
1: you know, and, and well, shut them out. That, that's you know, ridiculous. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, you know, I, I understood the nature of it, the contentiousness that can exist between uh, you know, law enforcement management and, and the police organization. It's uh, contentious, contentious, I should say, by its very nature. You have to, you still got to work within those parameters. You know, the the FOPs, the unions, they represent the interests of the frontline officers. I represent the interests of the voters of my county. I represent the interests of the organization. And so I just come at it from a different angle. And I understand they come at it from a different angle. But, you know, sometimes there's some place in between. Where you can both exist and that's what each side. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. Sometimes the unions hated some of the stuff that I did for heaven's sakes and they, you know, there was a backlash. Well, okay. I mean, but that's the nature of of the beast sometimes. And as long as you recognize that, I think the thing can still coexist exactly exactly you know
3: you you got your rules of engagement it's a labor agreement and, and you stay with and then you got your policy and procedure manual and if it if you stay between the lines on each one you're you're that's what that's what the ultimate desire is on both sides
0: well well, gentlemen uh, thank you let me get this first one in here real quick com. we have a special prosecutor says that Kansas City cops are justified in a shooting of Malcolm Johnson in self-defense now, this
2: video is just released its cell phone video it shows the arrest and the shooting we're stopping the video before shots are fired, but you can see right there a number of police officers restraining Johnson on the floor. It appears one of the officers draws a weapon. You hear a shot fired, and another officer yells and then hobbles away in pain. Then you hear two more shots fired. There
0: is a video component, so again, for all of our uh, podcast and radio listeners, we'll describe in great detail uh, what happened so that you feel like you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So we're in Kansas City. Special prosecutor announced on Monday that the Kansas City police officers who fatally shot 31-year-old Malcolm Johnson were acting in self-defense and will not face any charges in connection with the 2021 officer involved shooting. Now, this is this is the important point on this is that the video like so many videos, you cannot tell from the video what went down. So the prosecutor's name is Wesley Bell, and so it goes on the shooting occurred March 25th, 2021, so uh, right at um, about two years ago inside a gas station convenience store. Kansas City officers tried to arrest Johnson in connection with a domestic violence shooting, uh, but of course he resists. Several officers, they struggle to detain Johnson. He's fighting violently. That was in the Kansas City Star. So MHP, office, uh, MHP said that Johnson shot an officer in the leg. Now, these guys are piled on each other, so there's a like a civilian video going on. You can't really tell what's going on, but these officers are piled on the bad guy, whose name is Johnson. They're saying Johnson shoots an officer in the leg, and the wounded officer returns fire and fatally shoots Johnson. The months later, coalition of pastors, no less, they come forward in possession of a cell phone video that shows what they say is a different view of the incident. The group claimed that they tried to take the video of the law enforcement, uh, but they felt they were being dismissed by officials, so they decided to release it to the public. And that's what the Kansas City Star reported. And so here's uh, Darren Edwards of the United Believers Community Church saying, What I saw was an execution. We stand on a moral obligation. We want to demand change, and we demand it now. Cell phone videos show two officers approaching Johnson with their weapons drawn as he stood at the store counter scratching off a lottery ticket. So the officers, they try to take uh, Johnson's arms to handcuff him. He pulls away, so he's you know resisting, and he, the, uh, he dashed towards the door of the store uh, trying to get inside. So at least two more officers, they rush in and help the first two officers take Johnson to the ground. So the video shows Johnson continuing to fight violently, resisting arrest, even after the officers surround him, and two of them end end up uh, piling on top of him. So that's when one officer appears to draw their weapon. Then a couple seconds later, you hear a gunshot, according to KCTV, and an officer yells in the video, and then he hobbles away in pain. Two more shots are then heard being fired. Johnson's transported to the hospital and he's pronounced dead. That's the bad guy. Uh, The wounded officer treated at the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. The pastors claim that Johnson appeared to have been restrained when he was shot, and his family obtained an autopsy photo showed that he'd been shot in the head. And however, cell phone video shows that Johnson was not under control at the time that he fought off the officers. And if Johnson, this is a quote saying, if, if he was actually shot in the head, it would not have been any, there would not have been any, any relevance to determining if the shooting was justified. You know, what, what does that matter? So last month, activists called for the U.S. Department of Justice, the DOJ, to investigate the shooting, according to KCUR. So that's what we have. Um, comments, gentlemen? Uh, David, you want to start us off?
2: Yeah, goodness gracious. Again, activists get involved where they shouldn't be. And uh, the tail starts to try to wag the dog again. The guy was, the guy was wanted for a domestic violence shooting. So the officers that responded to the scene acted appropriately to approach him as if he was armed, which he was. They, they dogpile him, trying to trying to control his actions. They, they can't, arms are flailing, people are, are in a scrum as we call it. Shot goes off, a, an officer gets hit in the leg and an officer at point blank range puts one or two and as Brett likes to say, blows third grade right out of him through the head. And, and that's as it should be. I wouldn't expect uh, a shooting at that close a range to be pretty much anywhere else if you want to stop that threat immediately which is what the officer did appropriately um and as i like to say he de-escalated the situation right there on the spot as it should be uh the guy was a bad guy a real bad guy and they acted appropriately we're starting to see this more and more in investigations the guy the special investigator bell was his name ex-defense attorney who was responsible? Another one, another activist who reopened the the um, the Michael Brown case. This was that same defense attorney to try to stir up trouble with that. But as we have seen many times, once all the evidence, as our system is is inclined to do, gets put on the table, th- these people have no recourse but to say, "Oh, yeah, it was it was justified." Gee, go figure. Thanks, Corporal. Well,
0: Any, anybody else?
1: Yeah, you know, these things are complex. Look, when I was with the Milwaukee Police Department and the Detective Bureau, I was on a team that investigated all police police uh, fatal use of force, even you know ones that didn't lead to death. And then when I got promoted to lieutenant, I was a supervisor of that unit. So I have a lot of experience in these things. The videos don't always tell everything. There's a lot of other evidence that has to be taken into consideration. But what I always did, and even as the sheriff, I got to make the final decision on these things. I said, what does the law say? This stuff's guided by the law. It's not guided by second guessing. The law is very clear, Tennessee v. Garner, and there's Supreme Court landmark decisions on the police use of force you know that understands these things are tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving. You can't use Monday morning quarterbacking. Those words are in some of the uh, opinions on, in support of, of the police officer in these situations. And the standard is the reasonable law enforcement officer standard. Not the reasonable pastor, not the reasonable guy on the street, not the reasonable family member. The reasonable officer standard would uh, law enforcement officers in this similarly similarly situation, similar situation, behave and act the same way. And the answer is usually yes. That's why these things are exonerated.
0: Excellent. You got a thumbs up from David, so I think you, I think you nailed it, Sheriff. So, uh, so thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, we got about a minute left that I'll be covering um, some more stuff, but uh good show, guys. So look, uh, in, in, uh, in closing, um, I did want to mention that, you know, the Wounded Blue at woundedblue.org And that's Lieutenant Randy uh, Sutton's charity. It's a 501c3. So highly recommend that you guys support that. Also, of course, Bob Cole's wife, uh, Liz Collin, wrote Their Lying. That's all about, you know, the whole uh, Derek Chauvin. He's holding up the book now, Derek Chauvin with uh, George Floyd incident. Um, So um, highly recommend that you guys check that out on Amazon. Now, Sheriff David Clark, if you guys haven't been there during the show, please go to americasheriff.com. And also, you know, he's got his book that's on Amazon as well. So highly recommend that you guys support him. He's got his new podcast coming out that's going to be on all the major platforms, Straight Talk with David Clark, America Sheriff. And, of course, uh, you know, you'll get more information at americasheriff.com. Want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We got dolls, aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluelegold.com, mymedicare.live. Also, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Thanks a lot, guys.